the Lord is certainly good to us. And uh, when Brother Ryan was praying for Pastor Sam and, and praying for uh, uh, extra anointing in, in equipment today, you know, I, I thought it a little humorous. I thought, you know, it's a good thing that the Lord just didn't take all of his anointing and put it over here, you know, and, and uh, well, where'd my anointing go, you know? But I'm so thankful that the Lord has got plenty of anointing to pass out. And you know what's really special? The Word tells me it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. So if you're here this morning and there's something that's, that's holding you back and got you all bound up and, and, and something that's just got you in a yoke, if you will, the anointing breaks the yoke. It's not anything that I will say. It's not anything that you'll they'll hear in the music. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit that will break the yoke that's in your life. And I just want you to allow Him to work in you today and allow Him to break down whatever yoke may be holding you back. And I know I've, I've already heard a couple of things. There are some things this morning that we've all brought with us. Or I say all, the, that some of us have, have brought with us that needs to be broken off of us, something that's holding us back, something that's hurting us that needs to be broken off. So I just, I want to give the Lord the, the praise for it in advance that He's going to do that right now. You know, this is the third week of a, a, a series that Pastor Sam started called Learning to Live Beneath the Banner of God's Blessings. And uh, his, his series text for this is found in Deuteronomy the 28th chapter, verses 1 through 14. And if you'll allow me, I'm going to read these 14 verses and we'll try to get through them pretty quick because we've got a lot of ground to cover. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all His commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Now he starts listing the blessings. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, and the increase of your cattle and offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and all in which you set your hand. He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to Himself just as He has sworn to you if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in His ways. Then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you His good treasure, the heavens to give the rain to your land in its season and bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today and are careful to observe them. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, we know that these are the blessings of Abraham. Lord, and that we are the children of Abraham. Lord, we, we've been brought in, O oh God. 
to, to the kingdom of God. We are uh, an inheritance, oh God. Uh, we have inheritance of the, the, the blessings of Abraham. And Father, we're so grateful today for your mercy, for your blessings, and for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we're going to talk about, what else? Learning to give. I know I've been standing up here for 10 years talking to you folks about giving on Sunday mornings. And you probably think, well, don't you think it's about time to change the subject? I thought so. You know, I, when I started looking at something, I started looking at something different. But the Lord brought me back here and said, no, you know, I, I want you to finish on this. So we're going to go ahead with this this morning. Luke, the sixth chapter. We have two passages, actually, this morning, if you'd like to turn to them. Luke uh, six thirty-eight and uh, Malachi, the third chapter, verses 8 through 10, if you want to turn to those and be ready for that. But Luke six thirty-eight says... And we're going to read the first part of it. It says, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. Give, and it shall be given to you. Now, the subject of giving is found all throughout the Bible. It starts in Genesis. It goes through Revelation. As a matter of fact, you might think this is a little strange, but uh, giving actually is indirectly related to the first violent act in the history of mankind. Now, you might think that's a little strange, but I mean, you know, it, when you study it all out, giving was a part of it. But we're going we're gonna to maybe even say something about that a little bit later. But uh, first of all, I want to define give. Went to Mr. Webster, like we always do. And, and give is to make a present of, to grant or bestow by a formal action, to yield to another and to put into the possession of another for his or her use. First of all, give is an action word. It's not a static word. It means something is going on. You know, you never walk into the house and see somebody sitting in the lounge chair and, and, and you walk up and say, what are you doing? Well, I'm in the state of giving. No, you're not. To give or giving is an action word. It's not a state of being. It's not a, a frame of mind. Although giving is a frame of mind. You have to get in that frame of mind. But it requires an action along with that frame of mind to make it come about. And when we give, we bless not only ourselves. We bless whoever we're giving to. So we want to uh, look at a couple of things that Pastor Sam talked about Last week, I'm just going to kind of uh, refresh you a little bit on what he said something about. He talked about uh, four things that we give. And the first thing that he talked about giving was our time. And our time is, is, is limited. You know, and it, it, we, have, we have a certain amount of time that we have things that we have to get done. Now, there are some things that's common to all of us, no matter where you live in the world. No matter what your your nationality is, what your gender is, what your age is, there are some things that are common throughout the world. Those things are, there are 60 seconds in a minute, there are 60 minutes in an hour, 24 hours in a day, 7 days in a week, 52 weeks in a year, and so on and so forth. Those are all set times. We cannot change those things. They're set in stone, so to speak. Those things we all have in common. What we do not have in common with everybody else is how many of those seconds, how many of those minutes, hours, days, weeks, or years that we have in our lifetime. And it's those things that are very precious to us. And it doesn't really matter whether you live to be 100 years old 
or whether you die moments out of the womb, our time is short. Our time is precious. James said that, that our life here, that this life that, that, that we live on this earth is but a vapor that appears for a moment and vanishes away. Now, I'm not talking about the kind of vapor that you get up in the morning and you go outside and there's a fog there and, you know, about midday the fog burns off and, and you know, it's, it's pretty the rest of the day. I'm not talking about that and neither was James. What James was talking about was the kind of vapor that appears when you, you get up on a, a chilly morning and you walk outside and you exhale and you see that moment of vapor that comes from you. And it disappears almost immediately. That's what James was talking about. You've heard it from this pulpit. You've heard our pastor say it many times. That this life that we're, we're living right now is the shortest time we'll ever spend anywhere. That this is just a small portion of what's, what's going to be and what's coming. So our time is very precious to us. And we have to learn to, to appropriate our time in, in a, a manner that's pleasing not only to God, but will at the end of the line satisfy you as well. You know, I, I know that I've wasted days and I thought back on it and I thought, that was just a waste. You know, how many times have you you've been, for instance, we go to meetings a lot where I work, you know, and I'm sure that in, in this day's society, probably all of you can, can kind of relate to this. There's a meeting for everything. And you, sometimes you walk out of those meetings and you think, that was a waste of time. Yeah, I see the hands going up. Yeah. And, you know, that there's so many times that it just seems to be a waste. And the Bible tells us in, in uh, Psalms, I believe it's the 90th chapter. Let me look at my notes right quick. It is the 90th chapter, verse 12. The writer says that we need to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. In other words, make your time count. What do I do that's important? How much time do I devote to those things that are important? How many times have you heard people say, well, you know, I wish I'd have spent more time with my children when they were young and, and you know, and, and, and instead of other things. I'm going to relate just a personal experience right now. Years ago when my, my children were young, I worked as much overtime as I possibly could. We all get in that mindset. Well, you know, we need to stack it back. I need to save money for, for the kids' college. We need, to, we need to buy new shoes, for goodness sakes, you know. We had five kids living at home. New shoes for five kids. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, you know, so I worked all the overtime that I could. And, and when I wasn't working overtime, I was going to Lamar uh, LIT at night. And, and one of the children told Trish, or asked Trish one night, well, doesn't Dad love us anymore? He, I mean, he's always gone. And she told me that. And I was immediately convicted. And I went and dropped out of school the next day. And I told him at work, I said, I will not be working this much overtime anymore. I said, if you absolutely need me, you can count on me. I'll be here to work. But if it's voluntary overtime, if it's something that just because I'm, I need to make another dollar, I'm not going to do that. I need to spend some time with my family and with my kids. And you know, there's times that we look back and we think, oh, I wish I had whatever the case may be. I wish I had taken more vacations. I wish I had, you know, uh, spent more time learning the piano or whatever. Budget your time. Make your time count for something, you know. And, and it's important to God. Your time is important to Him. And I kind of was, this week as I was studying this, the thought came to me, you want to know why you go to church on Sunday morning? You've heard the pastor say that Sunday's not the weekend. Sunday's the week beginning. You want to know why that we go to church on Sunday morning? It's called first fruits. 
It's the first fruits of your week. That's what you do. You give to God the first fruits. And that's why I think that the, the uh, uh, early Christians, uh, why they started worshiping on, on the first day of the week is to give God the first fruits of their time. Now, that may not be the case, but that's what was dropped in my spirit this week. So I'm going to go with that. But you know, I, I feel like that it, it's very important to God because here's the thing about time. And I really don't want to dwell too long on it, but you know, you can save your money. Say if you want to buy a new car, you want to buy a, a, a new uh, whatever. You know, you can save your money. You can't save your time. You just can't do it. You, once it's used, it's gone. It never comes back. You know, I, I've heard people say when something happens and they lose some money, maybe in a bad a business decision or whatever, it's only money, you know. I'll make more. It's not that way with time. You can't do that. It's a very precious commodity. We're only given a certain amount of it, and you can never make it back. When it's spent, it's gone. So... The, the key to that is like uh, the writer in, in Psalms, the 90th chapter, to mark your time, number your time, your days, and, and learn a heart of wisdom. Use it wisely and use it well. The second thing that he talked about was using our talents. Our, uh, our talents, you know, that's something that, uh, well, let me find my, there it is, right there. That's something that, that I've always wondered about is, is, how that some people... Have you ever watched anybody that was really talented play like the piano or a guitar? Or, and you thought, how do they do that? You know, that talents, that natural talents are just are something special. You know, Taylor and I were, were watching uh, Home Run Derby the, with the All-Star Game this past week. And it, it blew me away because I, I got to thinking, these guys were... They were throwing a baseball about yay big around. They were throwing a baseball at them. And, and of course, in the home run derby contest, they weren't throwing but about 65 miles an hour. But when they're playing in a game, they're throwing the ball 90 miles an hour. Throwing a ball this big around. And they take a bat, a round bat, it's about this big around. And with that round bat, they hit a round ball. And sometimes they'll hit it over 400 feet. Now, I got to thinking about this, and I used to play baseball quite a bit, fortunate enough to be in a couple of pretty good places on the baseball team. There's a sweet spot on the bat. They call it the sweet spot. Ball players do because that's, that's the good part of the bat that you hit it on, and you know when you hit it there because it just goes. You can feel it in your hands. It, it's like, I hit that one. There's a sweet spot on your bat just about that long. Now, this guy's throwing you 90 miles an hour fastball. you got a spot on your bat about that long, that's a sweet spot that you're going to hit the ball where you want to hit it or how you want to hit it. But it gets worse than that. There's a spot about this big, I can't even do it, about a quarter of an inch square on the ball and the bat when it makes contact. If you get a quarter of an inch off in either direction, up or down, or you get two inches off in the length anywhere in there, you're not going to hit the ball very well at all. The ball is either going to be popped up, it's going to be hit down on the ground, but those talented people can, can take that bat and hit that ball. And we were watching this week, and I'm, I'm amazed at these guys hitting the ball 400 and some of them 485, 95 feet, which is, you know, over a football field length and then some. And they were doing it with that quarter of an inch sweet spot. That's talent. That's real talent. But see, that's natural talent. 
Not everybody can do that. Not everybody can play a piano, uh, you know, wonderfully. Or, or, you know, not everybody can stand up in front of a crowd and, and speak eloquently while the rest of us kind of stand up here and mumble and stumble around, you know. And, and, but there are talents that we have naturally. And we should be using those talents in the work of the Lord and to glorify Him. But we don't all have those natural talents. But every single one of us has been given a spiritual talent, a spiritual gift. God does not save people. He does not uh, save people to sit around and, and waste yourself. God did not send His precious Son to die on a cross that you'd sit around and waste your spiritual talent that He's given you. Now, the Scripture tells us in Ephesians that, that, you know, that there are different Talents. I mean, you know, there are different spiritual gifts. You're talking about evangelists. You're talking about pastors and teachers and, and prophets and apostles. And, you know, there are all kinds of different spiritual talents. But it's not just that. You know, everybody thinks, well, I'm not a prophet or I'm not, a, I'm not an apostle. I'm not a pastor. I'm not even a teacher. I'm just, you know, I'm just part of the body. Well, no, you're not just part of the body. Being a part of the body is very important. As a matter of fact, Paul said that, you know, there were many members in the body that make up the body. And if you, if, if everyone was the same one, let's just say, for instance, let's say my eyes were ears instead. And I got two ears here, and I got two ears here. And let's just say my mouth was an ear as well. I could hear a pin drop across the street. But I couldn't see squat, and I couldn't tell you what I did here. So all parts of the body are important. They do their part. And you, as a member of the body, you are important. Don't ever believe that, that your talent is non-existent when it comes to spiritual gifts. God gives everyone a spiritual gift, and we need to be using them for Him. Also, He talked about our treasure. And, of course, this is the one that, that we... We always talk about when we talk about giving the treasure, although these others are very important as well. Our riches are actually God's riches. I mean, any way you cut it, they belong to God to start with, to finish with, and He just allows us to kind of use them along the way. You know, I'm, I've been very blessed that the Lord has allowed me to use what I've got and what I've had for these years, but I know without a single doubt that it's because God has provided it. You know, and... and uh, we, we prosper for a while, and we prosper not because of us, but we prosper because of God. And, you know, uh, but there are times that we, that we fail to remember where all this prosperity comes from. And it, in Malachi, the third chapter, if you'd like to throw over there, in, in verse 8, ask a question. And I'm going to get over there myself. The question that is asked is, Will a man rob God? And yet you have robbed me. But you say, In what way have we robbed you? How can you rob God? Well, he goes on and answers the question. He said, In tithes and offerings. You've robbed me in tithes and offerings. Now, it's my understanding that the tithe was considered that was God's period. You didn't, you didn't mess with it. It belonged to God. You know, and I'm talking about, and tithe actually means uh, 10%. is what it means. And if you paid 5% tithes because, you know, you, you had bills this coming week, you really didn't pay tithes at all. You know, you might as well just 
Forget it because you didn't pay tithes. If you pay tithes, you pay 10%. That's according to Scripture. Now it says, but tithes and offerings. They're different. They're not the same. Offerings can be, well, offerings can be this little bucket that we have here. Offerings can be to missions. Offerings can be, uh, offerings can be to a neighbor that's in need. You know, that, that's what an offering is. You give of your heart. You give, you know, in addition, above and beyond the tithe. The tithe belongs to God anyway. And, and don't think for a moment that an offering is just limited to the household here, to the, to the building. You, you're, you can give an offering to wherever God tells you to move and, and, and to, to reach out and to touch somebody with a blessing. Now, I work for a, a company that's worldwide, GE, uh, the G, General Electric Company, it's worldwide. I've worked for them for, it'll be 30 years next month. And, you know, it, it's a wonderful place as far as I put all my kids through school. Uh, you know, the, I bought all those shoes that I was telling you about earlier, you know, by working at this place for 30 years. And, but what's really, you know, it, it gets down in me and I, I can't help but, but, but just, you know, think, but GE is not my provider, okay? And I would be foolish to think that I make provision for my family on my own. I, that's just, that's not the way it works. I am a tool to make provision for my family. GE is a tool to make provision for my family. My provider is Jehovah Jireh, God who makes provision for me. That's my provider. That's the only way that, that I can, can, can be safe in, in what I feel is because, you know, when I think I've got to be the provider, wow, what a, a burden that's got to be. Or, or GE's got to be the provider. You'd be looking every day in the stock market trying to find out, you know, how's GE doing because, you know, they're my provider. No, 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 no. God is my provider, and no matter what GE does or what I do, God's still going to be the provider, and He's going to make provision for me. And for that, I am eternally grateful. I don't have to worry about what GE's going to do, whether the stocks are going up and down, which, you know, it's always nice if it does go up, but God is the provider. And third, well, I mean, I'm sorry, but fourth, there is, uh, Pastor Sam was talking about giving God our trouble. Now, personally speaking, if you've got more trouble than you need, I don't really want it, you know. Just hang on to it. But no, that, I'm just kidding about that, you know. But, but our Father, He wants us to bring that to Him. Because Hebrews, the fourth chapter, verse 16 says, Come boldly to the throne of grace. Come boldly to the throne of grace. And why should we come boldly to the throne of grace? Well, the Word says, to obtain grace or mercy and grace to help in time of need. That's why we come to the throne. He invites us to come there. He invites us to that throne specifically to help us in a time of trouble. So these are the four things that we that we give, you know, we give of our time, we give of our talent, we give of our treasure and we give of our troubles. Where there is a giver there is always a receiver. We're going to take just a few moments and talk about that. Has this ever happened to you? You go into a coffee shop, you know, and, and uh, maybe you run into somebody in the coffee shop, somebody you know. And so you go and you sit at the table with them, and, and uh, before you leave, ask, no, no, I got the coffee. I'm going to pay for it this time. Okay, I'm going to take care of the coffee. 
So if you run into that person in a coffee shop, say a week later, I'll guarantee you if they have the ability to do it, they're going to buy the coffee. Why is that going to happen? Because when, when we give and receive, there's a flow that goes between giver and receiver. There's a flow that takes place between the two. And, and it's an amazing thing to see as you begin to, to give to your neighbor, to your, your fellow members, to God, there's a flow begins. And in that flow, something happens. And we're going to talk about that just for just a few minutes. We're going to talk about that. We're going to take the, the four letters of the word flow, and we're going to show you four categories of giving and, and watch what happens. Number one, giving can be an act of faith. We'll go back to Malachi, the third chapter. And let's read uh, this time. Uh, let's go to verse 10 and read the verse 10. It says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing, there will not be room enough to receive it. Now, in this third chapter of Malachi, where it says, I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. You know, you think about windows, and, and let's just say, for instance, there's a, a rainstorm going on outside. If you open the windows, you're going to get wet, you know. But really, the word windows there probably should have been translated as floodgate rather than windows. Now let's think about this just for a moment. If I open a window in a rainstorm, I'm going to get wet. But if I open a floodgate, I'm going to get soaked. I'm going to be immersed in it. I'm going to be, it's going to be all around me. Now he says, try me out. He said, and I'll open up the floodgates of heaven and I'll pour you out a blessing that you won't even be able to contain it all. That's a whole lot different than an open window, isn't it? It is. So you think about what the Lord is going to do for you. Why? Because you do it in faith. We learn to trust God. I remember one time, real quick story, I was trying to teach one of my, my, my little ones, uh, Michael, to jump into the swimming pool. The rest of the kids were all jumping in. They were having a big time. And, and he wanted to jump in, but he was just afraid to jump in. So he had his little floaties on his arm, and I'm in the water, and I'm trying to get him to jump in. You know, jump in, I'll catch you. Come on, come on. I'll, trust me, jump in. Well, he wanted to, but he was afraid. And how many times do we want to trust God? We want to give him our problems, but we're afraid. But you know what happened? The first time that he made that step and he jumped in and I caught him and he saw that I wasn't going to let him sink. From then on, it was all over. He was jumping in every time you turned around. And that's the way we need to be with God. We need to jump in. We need to trust Him and allow Him to open up the floodgates of heaven and begin to pour us out a blessing that we can't receive it all. And I know that there's some in here that needs to know that God wants to pour you out a blessing. You can't receive it all. I know that several years back, and I've told this story uh, once or twice about Trish and how that she got a raise, but it wasn't the raise that th she thought she should have gotten. And she wasn't trying to be selfish. She just thought it was just, you know, not the raise that she should have gotten. So she told me, she says, I'm going to start paying tithes on what I thought my raise should have been. I got no problem with that. So she began to pay tithes on what she thought her raise should be. And it was probably two months, maybe, something like that. They called her in the office. I said, you know, Trish, 
we didn't give you enough raise. What? How many companies will call you in and tell you they didn't give you enough raise? But when you start paying on what, what God th- you know, has put into your heart is the right thing, and that's what happened. It wasn't a great, you know, exorbitant amount, but it was what she felt in her heart that should have happened. And God honored that faith. And when she began to pay tithes on it, give the first fruits on it, give in faith, then God opened up the blessings and there it was. And I just think that that's the way we have to be sometimes. Jump in and trust Him. Jump in and let God catch you. Jump in and let Him pour out the blessings. Number two, not only do you, you give in faith, you give in love. Luke the 7th chapter, verses 33 through 48, somewhere thereabout. There was a, a story of where Jesus went into a Pharisee's house. He was invited in to eat. And while he was there and sitting there, there was a lady come in behind him. She was began to weep and to cry. And, and the, the scripture says she washed Jesus' feet with her tears and dried his feet off with her hair. And, and uh, you know, the Pharisees got all indignant about it and what she was doing in here. And she broke open the alabaster vial that she had and, and she began to anoint his feet with costly oil. And, and they thought, if he only knew that this, this person that was doing this was a sinner, you know. And Jesus read his thoughts. He knew his thoughts. And he began to, to say that, you know, her sins are many. But because of her love, and I, I wish I had more time to expound on this, but because of her love and what she did, that he said, your sins are forgiven you. There's a flow there. We give in love. We give in, we give in faith. We give in love. And we give in obedience. Like the little lady that, that uh, was out gathering sticks and, and she was going to go in and bake a cake for her and her son and, and they were going to die, she said, because this is all we've got. And God sent Elijah to her and said, this woman's going to take care of you. Now, poor Elijah probably didn't even realize how poor she was, but he trusted God. So he went over there and told her that he needed a drink of water. So she turned around to go get a drink of water. He said, while you're gone said, would you bring me a little something to eat? You know, I need something to eat. Well, that's when she explained she didn't have anything. He said, if you'll do this. He said, if you'll go and make me a cake first. Make me something first. He said, with what you have left will not go away until the famine is, is gone. And what happened? Of course, to make a long story short, we know the story. She did exactly what she was told to in obedience. And she was blessed. The Bible says for many days there was a flow there. If you'll do this, here's what God is going to do. But it even goes further than that. Down the road, her son actually died. And in those days, her son was her social security, so to speak. I mean, that was how she was going to, that was a retirement. And so when he died, she was angry at Elijah. And so Elijah just goes in and said, now, Lord... You know, you sent me here and, and, and you had this lady to do all these things for me. So it's time to turn around and bless her. Well, we know the story that, that he was revived from the dead. It, it's a flow. It's faith. Giving in faith. Giving in love. And giving in worship. I left out obedience, didn't I? But anyway, F-L-O-W. Flow. But we also can give in worship. I don't really have time to, to go through the whole thing with you, but in the second, 22nd chapter of Genesis, Abraham's son, who had waited years and years and years and years, his very first son, his only son, and what was he? He was first fruits. And God asked him to give his son, his first fruits, an offering in worship. 
And what did Abraham do? Of course, we know how, what he did. He took him into the wilderness, and, and he said, uh, Father, I said, you've got the fire and you've got the wood, but where's the lamb for the offering? And Abraham said, Our God will provide the, the offering. And when he had committed the act of sacrifice in his heart and in his mind and raised his hand to actually do it in the physical, his hand was stayed. And God said, because you've done this, we go all the way back now to the blessings of Abraham. He said, because you've done all this, because you held nothing back, because you didn't withhold your son, he said, these are the blessings that's going to follow you. And because of Abraham... That's why we're where we are today. That's why we can be blessed. Now, I've kind of had to rush through this just a little bit, but I don't want to rush through this part of it. There's somebody here that feels like that there is a situation that you just cannot get out of. I'm talking about with your time. I'm talking about with your spiritual gift. I'm talking about with your treasure, with your troubles. I want you to determine in your heart today, you're going to give it up. You're going to bring it to the altar and you're going to lay it on the altar before God. Because I'll promise you that flow will begin. You're going to give it up in one of four areas. You're going to give it up in faith. You're going to give it up in love, in obedience, or in worship. And it doesn't matter which one of the areas that you give it up in. The flow is going to come through. And God is going to open up the windows of heaven. He's going to pour you out a blessing the floodgates of heaven, if you will, and pour you out a blessing that you won't be able to receive at all. I am so thankful that I learned something about giving. And I don't take any credit for it. It's just the, the moving of the Holy Spirit because it's been such a blessing in, in our life. And we just feel like that it's not, you know, we don't ask, it, it, should we give? But we ask, how much should we give? And so this morning, I don't know what it is that may be holding you back. I don't know what it is that's bothering you. But I'm just asking you to resolve in your mind to give to God in faith, in love, in obedience, or in worship. And when you do, when you do that, that He's going to, cause the flow to come back this way. Would you stand with me? Father, I'm so grateful for your love and your mercy. Lord, and your blessings are overflowing for us. Your blessings are many. Your blessings are great. You're wonderful. Help us to understand, O oh God, that we initiate the flow by our faith, by our love, by our obedience, by our worship. We initiate your pouring out of blessings on us when we answer the call to give. And Father, we love you so much today. And Lord, as we, we stand before you this one time, Lord, just for a few moments, I ask you, O oh God, to reach into our hearts and our spirits. And there are strongholds that need to be broken down this morning. Lord, there are chains that need to fall off this morning. There are thoughts that need to be banished this morning. And instead, we need to replace them with our, with our foundational faith in what you do for us. And we give you all the praise and honor and glory. 
in Jesus' precious and holy name. Now this morning, I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come. If you have a need in your life and the Lord has spoken to you, I'd like for you to come up here and, 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 and just talk to these prayer partners and let them pray with you. If you have, uh, if this is your first time here, or it, maybe you're just visiting here and you, you think this might be a place you want to make your local church, just talk to any one of these folks right here. They'll be glad to help you to, to become a member of this local body. We appreciate you being here this morning. Pastor will be back with us next week. I want to say, may the Lord richly bless you. And we're going to dismiss with a shout. We're going to shout hallelujah on three. One, two, three. Hallelujah. You're dismissed.